um, everybody wants to make working out and make fitness like this added stress. Like I got to get better. I got to do this. And it's like, just have fun. That's what, you know, it's supposed to be a stress relief, not an added stress. And so many people get so caught up in all these different things. And I want people to have fun and, and to enjoy working out, not make it something that you dread. Hey, Hurdlers, Emily Abadi here with episode 108 of Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I sit down with inspiring individuals to talk about everything from their big wins to how they get through some of life's toughest moments. On the show, you can expect vulnerability, motivation, and candid discussions with everyone from top athletes to aspiring entrepreneurs on what it really takes to follow your passions. My mission is simple, to inspire you to be your best self, move with intention, and have some fun along the way. This week, I am chatting with CrossFit legend, Rich Froning. Rich gives me some flack for referring to him that way in today's episode, but it is true. Whether or not you are a CrossFit fan, there is no denying that the sport takes outrageous athleticism, grit, strength, smarts, and Rich has all of that. He won the CrossFit Games, which is the sport's annual test to find the fittest on earth in 2011, 2012, 2013, and 2014. The fittest man on earth, four years running as an individual, and then came back on the team side, 2015, 2016, 2018, and 2019, taking that first place spot. So basically, he's a big deal. I actually got to head on down to Rich's home in Cookville, Tennessee a few years back on assignment for Men's Health Magazine, and we spent a good chunk of time together and hanging out with his family, and to this day, it's probably one of my favorite things I have done in my career. In today's episode, Rich and I catch up, and he tells me all the things from how he got into the sport and how he leaned into CrossFit to deal with some loss in his family. We also talk about the adoption journey he went on with his wife, Hillary, and the hardships that went hand in hand with that. They now have three beautiful, beautiful children, Lakeland, Trice, and Violet. We also talk about his go-to recovery techniques, and I will let you in on one right off the bat. This man puts sleep at a premium. A huge, huge thank you from the bottom of my heart for my friends at Reebok for reconnecting me and Rich for this interview. It's something I looked forward to for quite some time now. They are offering Hurdle listeners a really awesome deal. It's 40% off of full price and sale items by heading on over to Reebok.com and using the code Hurdle at checkout. Now, some exclusions apply. There are only 100 uses of this code available, and it is good for the next 30 days. So head on over to Reebok.com, R-E-E-B-O-K.com, and use the code Hurdle at checkout for 40% off. Before we get into the meat of this week's episode, a quick thank you to my sponsors. First up, PowerDot. Now, if you want to relieve pain, recover faster from workouts, build muscle and endurance, and accelerate past training plateaus, well then PowerDot is for you. It's a smart muscle stimulator, which I know it sounds fancy, but stay with me here. 
Electrical muscle stimulation uses electrical signals sent into your muscle fibers to force muscle contractions. Now, these contractions increase blood circulation, flush waste from the muscles, and increase muscle hypertrophy. I started using PowerDot last year regularly at home, and I am hooked. It's got a super sleek design, mega portable, and really easy to use with their mobile app that acts as a controller for the device. The other thing I really love is the amount of education you get right within that app. You're able to select the body part you want to focus on, the program that best suits your needs, and then are prompted with exact pad placement guides as well as additional tips on use. PowerDot now offers a 30-day at-home trial and is giving Hurdle listeners an additional 20% off for a limited time. Go to PowerDot.com. Again, that's PowerDot.com and use the code Hurdle at checkout for 20% off. Again, PowerDot.com. Use code Hurdle at checkout for 20% off. Next up, thanks to my friends at Athletic Greens. I am literally drinking some right now as I record this. Containing the antioxidant equivalent of 12 servings of fruits and vegetables, as well as prebiotics, probiotics, adaptogens, and superfoods, the greens powder tastes delicious and gives me the boost I need to start every day off right. I have been sharing my Athletic Greens hacks with all of you a lot lately, and here is my new favorite, shaking it up with some coconut water post workout. It is a sweet treat, something that I look forward to. I mean, in all sincerity, I have never looked forward to taking a supplement before like I do with Athletic Greens. Plus, it's gluten-free, no sugar added, nut-free, dairy-free, which means that it is perfect for anyone with any diet. They are offering a special deal to Hurdle listeners. It is 20 travel packs, a $79 value, absolutely free with your first purchase. Just head on over to athleticgreens.com slash hurdle. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash hurdle to get yours today. No code necessary. Make sure to connect with Hurdle on social media at Hurdle Podcast. And I am over at Emily Abadi as well. If you have a Hurdle moment of your own to share, you want to say hi, always reach out to me over email. It's emily at hurdle.us. And that's it for now. With that, let's get to hurdling. Today, I am sitting down with Rich Froning. I feel like there's no better way to describe Rich than a CrossFit legend. Does that ever get old? <laughs> uh, I don't know about, I guess legend makes me makes me sound old and like I'm I'm washed up and, and gone. So maybe when I'm done, I'll, I'll take that. But uh, <laughs> I'm still I'm still alive. Still, still kicking. Most days. You're 32, Rich? 32. I'll be 33 in July. So. You have done an obscene amount in your athletic career for being only 32 years young. I've got a lot of miles. That's for sure. That's we, uh, <laughs> China, China sent, uh, one of my teammates, China Cho, she sent a uh, picture on Instagram of, we were competing in China actually, uh, this time last year, almost to the day. And she's like, this feels like so long ago. And I said, yeah, cause it was three years ago of workouts. So uh, that's, <laughs> that's pretty accurate. Yeah, well, you definitely do your fair share of working out. I'll uh, fill the the hurdlers in, as I like to call them. I last really sat down with you at the beginning of 2018. I was able to come down to where you live in Cookville and, yep. and hang out for a little bit to do some reporting for men's health. Back then, your deadlift was at 570 pounds. Where are we mm -hmm. at with that? Uh, honestly, we don't do a ton of strength work over the last couple of years. We don't test it a bunch in CrossFit. I mean, it, you you definitely need to have some type of base 
and um, to make sure that you can at least, you know, hit core, a set number of lifts. But the the percentage of actual events that we do a ton of one rep max stuff um, is is pretty minimal. So, you know, we do a lot of strength work, I guess, when we're tired and maybe a little bit more volume on strength work than we do pure one rep max stuff. So I haven't done. So that was a long answer to tell you I haven't tested <laughs> it in a long time. Um, I did 525 is just part of a workout we were doing a little over a month ago. So um, if I, I feel like if I can still deadlift 500 pounds, you know, when I'm tired, I'll take it. Some more background on you. First place in the individual CrossFit Games 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, and then switching over to the team side 2015, 2016, 2018, 2019. Is there anything you can't do, Rich? I'm not very good at basketball. Really? Um, yeah, this is one sport I never really played. I can't really dance that that well either. <laughs> so, you know, gotta gotta do what you can. So yeah, you definitely grew up playing your fair share of sports. Let's dial it back and yep. get into your beginnings. Growing up in uh, born in Michigan. Yep. And then moved to Cookville as a kid. So yeah. you haven't you've been there for quite some time. Yeah, twenty eight years. I was four and a half when we moved to Tennessee. So, pretty much. Um, you know, all my sports teams are in Michigan, unfortunately, uh, minus my, my college football team is Notre Dame. But yeah, it's been a it's been a rough childhood of, as far as uh, professional sports go. You know, we had the Red Wings, but that's about it. <laughs> so talk to me about growing up in Tennessee. What was life like when you were a kid? Yeah. So uh, my parents are, you know, depending on it doesn't matter what room they're in. They're the hardest to work or working people there are. And, um, you know, they they really made sure that you know, we, we had something to do if we weren't, um, if we were inside or, you know, sitting around, they, they were going to find us something to do. So we, we pretty much were outside, uh, all the time, you know, growing up, we lived in kind of a subdivision until I was 11 or 12. And so, you know, played with the neighborhood kids, played any type of sport we could do, race bikes, all that type of stuff, anything dangerous, ride a wagon down a hill. Um, I actually remember that now that, you know, the other day I had the kids out in the wagon and I was like, man, I can't believe we would just take this thing down a hill and you know crash but uh you know so anything <laughs> anything you know to get the adrenaline going as a kid uh, i grew up riding four wheelers doing that type of stuff broke a lot of things and i'm i'm getting paid back now that i have a you know i have two girls and a boy and uh, my son is just he's a disaster he just breaks everything so uh, i'm getting paid back for that physical um, things or like his body uh his physical things you know he just <laughs> anything he can trash or or make a mess of or try to disintegrate he'll do it so we call him trice nato uh trisaster because his name's trice it's rich froning the third and we call him trice um he's awesome all my kids are awesome they're they're wide open but yeah i mean it growing up it was just you know outside playing sports um doing chores we never really had a working farm per se um, but there we had some land and, you know, there were things that needed to get done. And, you know, my mom hated that we had these apple trees and, uh, you know, they'd shed their apples in the summer. And um, as she would run over them with the lawnmower, they would get wasp and bees and bugs and stuff. So she would make us clean up the apples and dump them in the woods. And, you know, it's just random stupid stuff. If we wouldn't come up with our own things, the, they would come up with random chores for us to do. So uh, I think that's, you know, where the, the work ethic came from. And then, you know, in high school, played baseball, played a little bit of football until I uh, tore my labrum. And uh, it was just, you know, competition is just was, I guess, lack of better terms, bred into me. You know, my on my mom's side alone, there's 32 of us first cousins and 25 of us are boys. You met Darren uh, when you were down here and it was just always competition. And, you know, when we were kids, 
I was thinking, oh, they want to see which one of us is, you know, the best and the fittest or the strongest or the fastest or whatever. But now I realize they were just trying to tire us out, you know, like, <laughs> hey, go, let's, you know, all of them had ponds when we were kids. And um, that was kind of how you, you swam. And in the summer, it was, you know, they're not Tennessee ponds where there's full of snakes and stuff, but Michigan ponds are, you know, recreational ponds. And so it was a lot of, hey, let's see who's the fastest around the pond. And so at the time, I was thinking that they were, you know, breeding us for, you know, physical uh endeavors in the future but now i realize they were just trying to see who or see how tired they could make us so uh you know with 25 first cousins boys and then even the girls were super fit super athletic and uh very competitive as well it was uh it's just how i grew up is, is in a competitive environment you received a baseball scholarship to go to walter state community mm-hmm. college upon going to college did you think like this is probably what i'm gonna want to try to do here and out yeah, when I, you know, growing up, you know, every kid is like, oh, I want to, you know, play professional baseball. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I honestly, that's what I wanted to do. That was, uh, you know, was the hopes and dreams. And then I got got to college, and uh, unfortunately, like, uh, yeah, I had a just it, it wasn't wasn't for me. I guess I don't know if you know I had a girlfriend that was back home, and um, I just kind of I don't know if I was burnt out. You know, I had shoulder surgery the year before and kind of rehabbed that pretty pretty hard, and and. Uh, I don't know. I just, it just wasn't the right fit for me. So I came home after a couple of weeks and then, uh, actually worked as a firefighter in, in, uh, in Cookville. So they have the, had this program. It was a student firefighter program where they paid my tuition to Tennessee tech. And, um, I was a full-time firefighter for three and a half years. And so I did that as well as worked for uh, Tennessee tech intramurals and basically got all my undergrad done doing that with, uh, no student debt. So that was nice. That is nice. I think a through line that we'll we'll hear kind of as we continue to go about your story is just this idea of like definitely having to have a lot of courage and a certain amount of bravery. I mean, a career or, you know, taking up a job as being a firefighter that takes a, a decent amount of, of grit. Was that something that made your uh, your family a little anxious? Uh, you know, I had one of my uncles is a Detroit firefighter um, in, in actually in downtown Detroit. And so I have a couple other um, uncles that are either volunteer or full-time career firefighters. And so that was something, you know, after baseball, it was like, all right, you know, what's, what do I want to do? And I definitely, you know, I started actually getting my undergrad in uh, criminal justice and kind of, you know, had the idea of maybe, you know, trying to do something, either police or FBI or something um, along those lines. And then when I, when I fell in love with the fire department and the fire service, I, I kind of like, um, was just going to get a fallback degree, honestly, was the exercise science degree and had the plan of, you know, being a career firefighter, man. I, I loved it. And I, um, there was just something about it. And I still, I actually miss it. And there's times in my CrossFit career where I was like, oh, you know, when I'm done with all this, maybe I'll go back and, and be a firefighter, but it's just, you know, now having kids and, and all that, I, I don't think I could really do, my wife would not uh, I was gonna appreciate say, that I whatsoever. No, that. no, she wouldn't be into that. But, um, you know, I, he learned. A, I learned a lot. Um, it, it made me realize that I'm not invincible. I had that happen. I had a couple cousins that um, I'm super close to, and uh, they passed away in that time. And so it makes you just really put things into perspective and um, realize, like I said, we're not invincible. And you know, when it's our time, it's our time. But it uh, it it made me grow up fast. That's for sure. And the actual dangerous or fire side of stuff never as bad as it sounds. I was never really afraid of it, which is kind of probably a bad thing. Uh, but, but, you know, the, the medical calls and stuff like that, that type of stuff kind of messes with you a little bit. And, uh, it's, uh, 
it takes a special person to do that ems police fire and so typically and i mean with all the stuff going on right now any medical profession um, or anybody who works in a hospital or anything like that so it's for uh sure. yeah it's you know public services is for sure a uh a labor of love and um you know most people that do it are pretty passionate about it and i like i said i miss it i miss the camaraderie i still talk to you know a lot of the guys that i either uh went to fire school with or um were on shift with and so still good friends of mine you mentioned uh losing some of your family members and of course a little bit of a transition in this period with being a firefighter is this when you started to lean into crossfit and learn about crossfit yeah so it was really towards the end of my um the last i guess last couple semesters of my exercise science degree one of my professors was the head strength and conditioning coach chip Pugh, and he had a, a ran a crossfit affiliate out of uh the weight room there and so um, he knew that I was into, I was a firefighter. He knew I was into working out. And so he was like, Hey, you should check this out. A lot of military police fire are doing it. You look like you're, you know, into fitness. And so, um, I checked out crossfit.com and, and kind of, you know, started dabbling in some of the workouts I was, um, doing kind of a field experience class at one of the, there, we have a corporate fitness facility here at Abert express, um, that we now run, but I was actually doing my um, field experience there. So I would test out some of these workouts and test them out on some people. And, um, it was, it was really cool. And then, um, I didn't really know you could compete in it, to be honest. And then that summer, uh, Chip was like, Hey, why don't you get your ex or get your uh, level one. And so that was June of 2009. And, uh, from there I started really, really, really looking into CrossFit and doing it every day. And, um, I had Darren, uh, moved down from Michigan and, uh, we decided to kind of start training people doing it and using CrossFit. And so kind of, as they say, the rest is history from there. Honestly, we didn't know that you could compete in it. Uh, we were just kind of doing it and having fun and competing against each other and competing against some friends that we had. And, uh, you know, just to, for bragging rights more than anything. And then we watched uh, 2009 um, CrossFit actually released a series of videos that was each event from the games that year. And we were like, oh, sweet, you can compete in this. And so uh, from there we were like, hey, let's give this a shot and, uh, see, see how we could do with this. And, uh, I signed up and Darren, Darren didn't. So <laughs> story, so story of our lives. <laughs> yep. Um, so first of all, for those that aren't super familiar with CrossFit, what was your impression of, I guess the workout style, right? When you started right off the bat and you also mentioned, which will be like the second part to this answer, a lot of people in the service community, it's their thing. So talk to me about firstly, what was your first impression of CrossFit? And secondly, why do you think that is that it's big in the service community? Yeah. CrossFit sucked. Um, it still sucks. It hurts. It's, <laughs> it's uncomfortable, um, <laughs> uh, for lack of better terms, you know, it's, it, the pain sucks. The uh, actual program, um, if done correctly, is, is great. Um, I think, you know, in the beginning, it was kind of gritty and kind of raw and, you know, like hard work. And, you know, the, the whole thing that CrossFit preaches is general physical preparedness. And so what better to do, you know, um, a job that you're not, uh, you don't know what's coming. And, you know, CrossFit's whole thing is unknown and unknowable. And so what better fitness program to use than uh, CrossFit for unknown and unknowable. And so, you know, I guess that's why. And, you know, when I started, there was a bunch of videos of people doing, you know, workouts in full turnout gear, breathing oxygen on their, you know, an SCBA is, is a self-contained breathing apparatus that firefighters use. And so, I don't know, it just, it's, it looked cool. It sounded cool and it was hard. And so, uh, for me, I was 22 at the time and I was like, yeah, heck yeah, let's do this. And so, 
uh, it was just fun too. Honestly, like you can make up so many different combinations, you know, for years I'd been doing the same type of things over and over with bodybuilding. You know, I didn't never did any type of show or anything like that, but I was, you know, at the fire station, we had dumbbells, we had a bench, we had all that type of stuff. And so I was just doing, you know, your normal chest and back buys and tries stuff like that, some cardio. And, uh, it was just so much different, I guess. And I'd never really stupidly i never really used my legs a ton and so uh it was good to get some leg strength or get some leg soreness you know i would do it every once in a while and be like trashed for a week and a half when anytime i squatted so uh, <laughs> you know the working on the the show muscles i guess and you know being 18 18 to 22 range that's all you really care about and so uh, i don't know crossfit was just kind of a, a wake-up call and and uh it was fun you know it was competitive i missed that a little bit you know i'd done a ton of intramurals and played sports and i kind of saw where that was coming to an end because i was getting you know done with my undergrad you know in a couple of years because i was going to get my uh masters and so uh you know i just i don't know it filled that void you know of, of the competitiveness and the kind of the camaraderie and the brotherhood and the shared suffering when it comes to the type of programming that goes into a crossfit workout obviously it's it's super varied. So talk me through that because I think probably the biggest obstacle or hurdle for a lot of individuals who might not be super familiar with CrossFit is they think that it's all heavy barbells, a lot of ton of weight. And some people are like, well, I could never do that. Right. And that's, you know, that's one of the things we get a lot in CrossFit is, well, I got to get in shape before I do CrossFit. No, that's, that's kind of the point of, of why we're doing what we're doing. And, you know, you kind of, you look at it and you can really geek out on it and look at the energy systems. And the idea behind CrossFit is you want to be, you know, well-rounded in all three energy systems. So you need to lift a heavy barbell for the phosphagen system. you got the glycolytic system, which is, you know, anywhere from it, there's, it can go on for seven or eight minutes and then you have aerobic. Um, and it's just, there's the idea that you want to get good in each of those things. You don't want to necessarily be the strongest person people get so caught up in, well, you know, there's so many of these high, you know, high skill complex movements and the barbells are so heavy and stuff like that. That's most of the time, nine times out of 10, if you find a good gym, the programming is going to be well-rounded. You should be able to scale every workout to get a similar stimulus that say I would get from a workout. And so, um, you could have somebody who's doing, you know, it's going to be the top 1% working out with somebody who's new to the gym. And so that's something um, that a lot of people don't see, I guess, or they see the CrossFit games. And, and I, CrossFit's trying to, CrossFit.com is actually trying to, I guess, uh, shed some light on, hey, it doesn't have to. You We're not just, you know, CrossFit games athletes. We're stay-at-home, you know, moms. We're, um, you know, older older uh, athletes I like to talk or think of them as um, you know people that are in their you know 50s and 60s they can still do it and so it's it's been really cool actually since all this quarantine stuff's gone on what we did here at mayhem was um, if, if somebody was a paying member they could check out a dumbbell and a plate and so we've actually programmed every workout for the past month month and a half um, with only a dumbbell or a plate and uh, we've been doing uh, the, the games athletes that are still here right now, me, Tasia, Kristen, um, have been doing all the zoom classes or workouts with the class. And so just to show them, Hey, you know, like it doesn't matter if you're, you know, going to the CrossFit games or, um, if you're just, you know, trying to be fit for life that you can still do, we can, we can all do the same workout and it's going to hurt us just as much as it's going to hurt you. And, uh, they've been 
really terrible workouts and the most, <laughs> the most we've used is a 55 pound dumbbell because everybody checked out the 50 so i've been having to use a 50 and the girls are using a 35 and so all the workouts have been terrible um absolutely miserable so there hasn't been what, is one that, that, what does that mean though they've been terrible i i mean because the problem is you know like they're I don't want to say they're light because a 50 or 55 pound dumbbell with a you know single arm is still pretty heavy, but there's really, for us personally, there's no reason to stop. And so you just have to keep going. And so it, I don't know, the intensity's just uh, been a bit higher on a regular basis. You know, we want to train intensity every day, but that may be a little bit different. And, you know, intensity can be defined as, you know, the weight is a little bit heavier or, you know, CrossFit likes to define um, workouts by power output. And so that's uh, work divided by time. And so, um, it's, I don't know. They've just been, they've been really terrible. So like this morning we did one and it was, um, 50 box jumps. We don't let, we're not having people rebound cause I don't want people to blow out an Achilles. So you're just box jumping or step up, whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then 50 burpees and then 50 dumbbell clean and jerks, um, with a single arm dumbbell. So you're just doing alternating arms and then 50 sit-ups and it was a 20 minute AMRAP. It was terrible. I don't know. Your heart rate's just, you know, super high. It's, you know, there's really no reason to, you know, like with the 50 dumbbell clean and jerks for us, it's like you get to like 30 and you're, you want to put it down, but nobody else is putting it down. And so there's really no reason to put it down because you're not going to come back to it. Um, and so I don't know, it's just really, they've just been terrible. I don't really know how, yeah, there's no other way to explain it other than the workouts have been bad. All right. So you find out that uh, competing in CrossFit is a thing. Your cousin Darren moves down from Michigan. You guys are doing this CrossFit thing together. You are the one that's like, all right, I'm actually going to compete. And talk to me about if you can remember that first competition you entered. Yeah, I remember it uh, pretty, pretty vividly. You know, I show we showed up. It was kind of on the way. Well, it was definitely on the way to spring break. We were going on spring break the next week because heck, we're still in college, and uh, we're going down to Panama City, and. it's on the way in Huntsville, Alabama, and it was just Friday. No, I guess it was Saturday, Sunday that year. And uh, we show up. We get there late Friday night. Don't have a hotel. Uh, we end up just we're cheap college kids. We end up finding a hotel for thirty eight bucks a night, and it was um, it was bad. There we were broken up, woken up in the middle of the night by a glass bottle breaking. Um, as soon as we get into the room, I'm trying to like the light switch won't work. So I go to the lamp and we go to move, uh, the, t- the couch that's in front of the, uh, or chair that's in front of the lamp and a tuna can is actually one of the legs of the ch- couch. <laughs> so we got a different hotel room the next night. And it was, like I said, there was a do not rent to list. There was bulletproof glass. You know, it was, it was really good. But anyway, so we show up to this event. And, uh, you know, it's seven, seven in the morning on a Saturday in Huntsville, Alabama, we're at kind of the soccer complex. And, uh, the first workout was, uh, 50, 50 meter shuttle. Uh, you start from a seated position. It was like 10 hang cleans, 10 burpees, and it was three rounds. And so you show up and there's 78 guys there and they're all just jacked. And I mean, have you ever been to a CrossFit competition? Everybody just looks huge and ripped and you're just, I was, you know, I'm five, five, nine and a half on a good day, five, 10. And, uh, <laughs> I'm like, okay, if, uh, if I'm not in the top, you had to be in the top 15 to transfer at that point. So I was like, if I'm not in the top 15, let's just, you know, let's go ahead and get on a, get an early break on spring break. And so I, uh, we do the first workout dying, you know, it's the hardest I've ever gone in a workout, like can't get up and Darren comes up and he's like, um, he's like, I think he did pretty good. You can't really tell because, you know, there's different heats. I was in one of the earlier heats, I think, because there's no real um, 
qualification or anything like that. It was literally you just signed up. And so we waited probably 15, 20 minutes. Darren's like, I'm going to go check the leaderboard. It was just a whiteboard with names and times. And so he walks back over kind of wide-eyed and he's like, you won that workout. I'm like, no way, not a chance. So sure enough, I go over there, I won the workout. I'm like, all right, I guess we'll hang out for a little bit. Well, the, the <laughs> next workout we'll is, yeah, that's right. The next workout, I think was uh, 40, 30, 20, 10 wall balls. And then uh, I think it was 12, 9, 6, 3 deadlifts at 275. And uh, the wall balls were on a soccer goal that had a two by fours on each side. And then I think like a two by six or two by eight. And so people were just missing left and right on this wall ball target. You know, the ball's flying over, they're running and grabbing it. Luckily, though, we we kind of uh, used something like that for our wall ball target back at, at the barn. And so it was pretty easy for me. And then uh, the hard part was the deadlifts were on a, a soccer field and it had rained. And so by the time we had gone, you know, our barbell was sunk so far into the grass or into the dirt that I was literally picking the thing up off of my shoelaces. Um, I ended up getting second on that workout um, by like, I think I, I might have tied or like a second behind the guy that won it. So me, me and him both got first and second. So we were tied for first overall. And then uh, the next event was a five rounds of 25 pull-ups and a 400 meter run. I got third or fourth on that workout. So I was in first overall. And so we, we ended up staying, uh, we got a different <laughs> hotel room, stayed at a little bit nicer place. And then, uh, the next day it was a handstand push up, squat snatch and box jump workout. And people could not squat snatch to save their life. And that was for some reason it was 95 pounds. That's for some reason, that's always been an easy movement for me. And so I ended up uh, doing pretty well in that workout and won that workout and ended up winning our, winning that sanctional. So, or uh, sectional, sorry, not sanctional, sanctional is the current term. And so then I went to regionals from there and regionals. It was in Jacksonville, uh, Florida. Wow. And so in that first event, did you win prize money? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I think maybe you got a medal. Yeah, I have a medal. <laughs> I think that's, that's what I got. I don't think we got any money from what I remember. It wasn't a lot if I did. So the first year that you started competing, was this the first year that you kind of kept going with CrossFit all the way up the chain? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, from there, I went to regionals. Um, won the region uh, that year was completely surprised. That was kind of my goal that year was to get to regionals, learn a little bit, and then, you know, I wanted to make the games in 2011. And so um, I get to regionals, and regionals becomes uh, I win win the region was kind of just like I said, blown away because I'd uh, you know I'd been watching a ton of videos of these guys then at this point, and like you know Brandon Phillips was a, is now a friend of mine, Spencer Hendel. Um, some of these other guys that were kind of legends in the, you know, in a short period of time were legends in that area. Um, I'd won and Mike, Mike G. And so I was pretty pumped. And so my whole plan at the games was not to get dead last. And, uh, <laughs> and so it was, you know, it was, a uh, I was beyond floored and beyond fired up to, to be competing at the games that year. So you get to the games and you kind of do anything but become come in dead last. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I did fall flat on my face. Well, flat on my ass, not on my face. But yeah, I, uh, you know, honestly, like I said, I was, I was at no point in my life am I ever okay with like just showing up and being there. But you don't really have any high expectations for yourself or really know what to expect coming into something like that. You know, the CrossFit Games is the CrossFit Games. I've been watching all these videos. All these guys were studs and, you know, I done a lot of the workouts or seen workouts and watched people do workouts on video and tried them and you know my times were comparable but 
it's always easier to do a workout uh, after somebody else has done it, especially when you know their time. And, and so you just don't know what to expect. And so I remember my first, you know, real moment at the games was uh, under the lights Friday night at the StubHub Center. It was the Home Depot Center at the time was doing Amanda and it was uh, uh, 975 muscle up and squat snatch. And so, like I said, both those movements are pretty good for me. I think I ended up getting third or fourth, but I was in the second to last heat. So I actually got to go up top and watch the final heat go. And just to watch, you know, the people that I'd watched on YouTube or on CrossFit.com compete was, it was a pretty surreal experience. It was pretty special. And so uh, that was kind of the last like spectator moment, I guess I've ever had at the games. And from then on, it was just kind of battle. Battle. Well, yeah. talk to me, talk to me about for someone who's never been to the CrossFit games and I have been fortunate to, to come as a spectator a slew of times now, but talk to me about what it's like to be at the CrossFit games. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I guess I take it for granted now, you know, I mean, been there, what, 11, 10 years. Yeah. Last year was my 10th year. Um, so for me, it's literally just showing up for work. Um, it's just, you know, that's kind of the way you have to approach it, the way I look at it. So for me, it's, it's a little bit of a different experience, but yeah, it's special. I mean, especially if I think back to that first moment that I had and any moment, um, in that tennis stadium at night, those were just really special moments. You know, we've had a couple in the, uh, the arena indoors at, uh, at Madison that, that are, it's, it's cool. Like it's, it's really awesome, but there's just something about, there was something about that tennis stadium at night. Um, and just, just, it's hard to, hard to put in words. It felt like, you know, anybody who's played, um, college or high school sports that kind of Friday night lights feel, or, you know, just a night game feel, uh, it was, it was really, it was just fun. It was, um, you know, after it was over, it was fun. <laughs> but like I said, I, <laughs> I do kind of miss that, that I, it's just almost expected. And, you know, I'll definitely, when I decide to retire, I guess I'll, hopefully I'll decide before I'm, I'm actually, I get to compete and actually take some of that in because I don't really, I don't really think about any of that stuff while I'm, while I'm doing it. You know, it's just, it is what it is. That's, um, like I said, it's work and it's, it's a competition and, you know, you get uh pregame jitters like everybody else does, you know, you get kind of that, that feeling of, man, why do I do that? Every time we're about to step on the floor, it doesn't matter if it's the games. It doesn't matter if it's sectionals. It doesn't matter what it is. You're like, man, why do I do this? This feeling sucks. You know, I hate this right before it starts, you know, the nerves and the, the just jitters and the, the butterflies, but then it, it also makes, it also makes you come back for it because that feeling after it's over, uh, is pretty special. It's pretty special. Okay. So when you started CrossFit and you, you go on to win your first games, you said you were still, or just finishing college, right? Mm -hmm. At that point, when you take home that first place spot, what do you think that you're going to do? Do you think to yourself, man, I should just keep doing this CrossFit thing all the time? Or are you thinking about, you know, other careers and sticking with the firefighter thing? And yeah, so I, uh, so in 10, when I got second, I just, it, I'll back up a little bit before we get to that. Um, had this, like, I got, you know, I went to the games, just didn't want to get last, end up getting second, devastated. It's the worst feeling ever. Um, should have been kind of excited about it, hated it. Um, couldn't find a good place. Luckily, I had some good friends, uh, kind of got me back on track. My faith, faith has always been a huge part of who I am. Um, but they kind of brought that back to the forefront and made me realize why I was doing what I was doing. Can I ask you really quick? Yeah. Do you think that 
the hated it feeling would have been less so if it wasn't just second, if it was any other place but second. See, I don't know. I don't know. Like, if I would have, I think the fact that I had tasted and been first and kind of been in this place, and maybe if, if I would have fallen to third, I don't I don't know. I, I hate losing. Uh, you know, <laughs> if I would have gotten like 15th or 20th, I think that would have been way different. But yeah. the fact that I was, if I was so close to being up top, you know, I lost by three places over the whole weekend. Uh, man, I was just in a horrible spot. And I also so, think it's pretty cool when you get to go out and perform and you aren't fully aware of your full potential. And in that moment, like you had this opportunity to really embrace what it was that you didn't even know maybe that you had yeah, inside yeah, of you. Just yeah, had. for sure. Yeah. And then to feel like a complete failure. I don't know. <laughs> it was <laughs> it was tough. It was a tough pill to swallow. Just like I said, it was that that final movement, and that rope climb and knowing I could do it and just not being able to figure I was just I don't know. It was just the whole everything, you know, the fact that we were kind of corralled and, and kind of put in this room for a couple hours and then pulled out, you know, eight at a time or six at a time. I don't remember what it was. And then people would not come back. It's I don't know. It was just in a bad spot. And like I said, I had some good friends that kind of made me realize, hey, why are you doing this? And so uh, really put my faith into perspective and gave me a reason for why I was doing it. And that was to glorify God. And so 2011, come back, um, you know, I had actually at that point become uh, a GA for the uh, strength and conditioning coach at Tennessee Tech. And so that was kind of I'd stepped away from the fire department thing. I was like, all right, I'm going to get my master's and then probably I'm going to come back. But let's just see kind of where this CrossFit thing goes, uh, be a strength coach, you know, get some experience here. Maybe, you know, maybe I'll stay here. And so um, 2011 happens, uh, win the CrossFit Games, come back, still coaching, still doing that. Loved it. You can't just like breeze by that though. <laughs> <laughs> I win the CrossFit Games and then I keep doing these things. Like, talk to me about what that was truly like for you because talk about vindication from that awful feeling you had the year before. Yeah, I mean, definitely. You put in the work and, you know, you know now what you're kind of capable of. And, and, you know, I had a lot of great people around me to kind of help me and push me. And so it was kind of a team effort. You know, I had people that were better than me in certain different things and uh, athletes that kind of pushed me in different areas. You know, people that were stronger than me would push me in strength. People that were better than me in running or, you know, conditioning type stuff would push me there. And then, you know, having having my wife, having mentors, having people that were going to push me in different areas and, and kind of support me um, was a huge part of it. And so it felt good to kind of, you know, hey, this was a team effort. This was a, a good thing. And um, uh, like I said, it, you know, I don't necessarily think that, you know, my faith, you know, I, I'm, you know, there's this thing called prosperity gospel and saying that you believe in God and, uh, believing in Jesus, that everything's going to happen and everything's going to be good. And that I don't believe that whatsoever, but I believe my faith freed me up and took pressure off of, you know, I, I wasn't worried about my self-worth in CrossFit, you know, before, before I, you know, gotten back on track with my faith. I'd let CrossFit kind of become who I was and put my, mm. all my self-worth and my identity was in who I was in CrossFit. And so, um, put my faith in Christ to help me to, to loosen up on that. And so that for sure, uh, was a big part of it and still is a big part of it. And so fast forward past 2011, uh, strength coach, you know, games plan as the games, finish the degree. And then, uh, I got started getting some sponsorships. And so Reebok come up, came on board and started working with them, started working with an equipment company, started working with a uh, supplement company. Well, was that the, all kind of surreal? 
yeah, it was very surreal. It was like, you know, stuff that I had, it was crazy. You know, I don't really, you know, the money was not crazy in the beginning. Uh, you can't really survive on that. So you're still, I'm still, you know, doing the strength, strength thing and still, you know, getting my uh, masters at the time. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, so I, I have this deal with a, a supplement company. And so they're going to basically pay me three times what I was making at uh, the the strength and conditioning uh, department want the first year and then four times the next year. And so I'm like, heck yeah. Well, the compliance NCAA compliance officer um, at Tennessee Tech tells me that uh, basically I can't take the deal because the company makes one supplement that isn't approved for NCAA athletes and that it sends the wrong message to our oh. athletes. And he sits across the table from me and says back in his day, he did it the old fashioned way with hard work. And so that I felt like was my, uh, my, my sign that I needed to leave. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, so I actually left the strength and conditioning department at that time and then just started training in my garage. I actually built a garage at the house and, uh, you know, I still coached, uh, CrossFit Cookville at the affiliate, um, at the strength and conditioning center. And then, um, that fall after I'd won the games, the second time we actually opened CrossFit Mayhem. Taking a break from today's episode to give some love to Four Sigmatic, a wellness company that mixes shrooms and adaptogens with everything from coffee to protein powder and edible skincare. Seriously, it sounds a little wacky, but once you try their products, it'll be hard to remember life without them. Personally, I am hooked on their peanut butter protein powder and also their mushroom ground coffee with lion's mane. It's got chaga mushrooms in there, which support overall wellness and your immune system. And I adore how it helps me think and feel productive without jitters or a crash. On the lion's mane note, it sounds super crunchy, but listen, it can be your brain's BFF supporting focus, productivity, which really helps during my ever busy days. And because their mushroom coffee is certified organic, GMO-free, vegan, gluten-free, and Whole30 approved, it fits into everyone's lifestyle. And by the way, I can guarantee it tastes just like regular coffee and not at all like mushrooms. And of course, they have a special offer for the Hurdle podcast audience. Receive 15% off your Four Sigmatic order. Just go to foursigmatic.com slash hurdle or enter the code hurdle at checkout. Again, that's foursigmatic.com, F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C.com slash hurdle to receive 15% off your order today. And now you have a team that surrounds you. I mean, you have a lot of people that are chipping in uh, in different ways. Back then when you were making these deals, was this all you kind of flying by the seat of your pants? Yeah, yeah. Uh, most of the, in the beginning, was it was just like, hey, all right, uh, you want 10 appearances? All right, how about let's do this number of appearances or you're going to give <laughs> me this much product. Why don't you give me a little less product and more cash because I just wear stuff till it breaks anyway. Um, <laughs> you know, and it was you know, just trying to leverage that stuff. And then, you know, down the road, I started getting some help with some, from some different people. And I've, you know, I've had different people along the way that have helped. And, um, now we actually, uh, have brought uh, Rory McKernan on to kind of help us with, cause with mayhem, we have so many different things coming in and we needed somebody to kind of, uh, 
you know, leverage those relationships and, and make sure that we're, you know, everything is all being funneled into one area because it's, uh, we got a lot of, we got a lot of strings coming in on different ways and mm-hmm. getting tied up and a lot of irons in the fire around here. A lot of irons in the fire. Okay. So now at this point, you've won the games a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And you're, I mean, you're in the prime of your career. There's no stopping you, it seems like. Yeah. I mean, 13 and, you know, 13 was a really, 12, 13 were really good years. 14 was a great year, but I'd kind of uh, trying to, I don't know. It's just, it, it'll wear on you a little bit being, you know, every day in and day out and, and knowing, you know, we had some, some fertility things going on with me and Hillary and, and that just all of it all together, I guess. And then when we decided we were going to adopt and we got matched with Lakeland and I was just like, you know what, I'm, I've had enough of, of competing as an individual and knowing the time that it takes and the sacrifice of being an individual. It's, I can't do that and be a dad. And I want to be, you know, the, my kids are the most important thing to me trying to win the games as an individual being the best in the world at anything. Um, you've got to be obsessive and you've got to be selfish. And I wasn't willing to do that anymore. You know, I'd, I'd let some personal relationships kind of either fall by the wayside or I was very selfish in those relationships when I was an individual, but you kind of have to do that. Like I, you know, you hate that it had to happen or it happened that way. Um, but you know, it, to do that, it had to happen. And so I, I knew, uh, knew what kind of person I was when I was competing as an individual and I didn't want to do that to my kids. And so that was when I kind of decided, Hey, let's, let's just see what the team side of things looks like. And I can still compete, still scratch that itch. Um, you know, still, you know, fulfill some sponsorship obligations and have some partnerships in that way. Uh, but I can be a dad and I won't be like when I'm, when I was an individual, even when I wasn't competing or wasn't training, I was thinking about what somebody else was doing or what I needed to be doing. Or, you know, I'd walk out to the barn or the garage at, you know, nine or 10 o'clock because I felt like I hadn't done enough that day. And I can't do that now. And I don't want to do that now. You know, I have, Uh, I have the kids and seven, eight o'clock is about as late as I want to be doing anything. Uh, But no, uh, that's, you know, that's kind of our crazy time. And that's when the kids are, are, you know, fired up and they're ready to go and we're trying to put them down for bed. And I I can't miss that. And I didn't want to miss that. There's a couple of things to unpack there. First of all, so that we're in 2014 now. Yep. um, And you mentioned you guys were having some fertility struggles. And then I know you adopted Lakeland in 2014. So the final year. Yep. Yep. I decided that 14 was the last year we were, we were going to push hard on the adoption thing and we wanted to make sure that uh, it was going to happen. And so um, we got matched actually, a month before the final, my final games, we got Lakeland two weeks before my final games, and then it was final the week of the games. And this always gives me the chills because I remember Hillary talking to me about how this all works. I had no idea. So I'd love actually, if you wouldn't mind, just to yeah. to talk yeah. me through the the getting matched and then getting her because those are such two really special moments. Yeah, yeah. All three of, of our situations with our kids are kind of crazy. But uh, with Lakeland, somebody knew of a, a friend of a friend of a a friend knew that they were uh this girl was giving her a little girl up for adoption um she had gone to the cookville pregnancy center here in town and um had kind of just had a different plan for the bait for lakeland and they they changed her mind it's a christian organization and she ended up getting an ultrasound and realizing that hey 
you know, I don't want to, don't want to terminate the, the baby. And so, um, she had actually been, had found a match for Lakeland and, um, Hillary reached out to this girl and the girl was like, Hey, this is kind of crazy, but the family that I had picked actually backed out this morning. So let me kind of process this and I'll get back to you. So, uh, long story short, she met up with Hillary, loved Hillary, and then asked to meet me. Uh, we met and then picked us. And so that was one month before the game. So we had to get this whole thing of like a home study, uh, which is our background check. Our house has to be checked. Uh, we have to do all kinds of different things to make sure our house is, you know, acceptable for uh, having a baby. And so this is all while trying to get ready for my final CrossFit Games as an individual. Yeah. So basically a month before all that happened and then we got Lakeland was born on July 7th, the CrossFit Games. My birthday is July 21st, which is the Monday of the Games, and the game starts on that Wednesday. And so with Lakeland, she was born, and then we had to wait basically 14 days uh, with Lakeland. And the the mom had um, the right to revoke uh, parental rights from us for 14 days. So it was was, – to say it was was a tough couple days is is, uh, an understatement. And uh, it was now it's awesome. You know, like Lakeland is is special. She's a she's an amazing little girl. Wouldn't change anything for the world, but it was super stressful. I can't even imagine like developing that bond with this small, small child and then wondering and sitting there and just waiting and hoping that like nothing messes with that. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was, um, you know, we we've now been through that experience a couple of times and luckily the state of Tennessee has kind of changed the laws. And so it's a little bit quicker now. Mm. Um, but, but man, it's still, it's, it's, it's hard. And then, you know, we had a couple, um, fast forward a little bit, but we had a couple, um, adoptions. Lakeland's was not easy by any means, but it was, it was quick. You know, everything happened within a month. And then we had a couple, two or three that, um, where the adoption fell through, and kind of at the last minute. And so watching Hillary go through that, I couldn't do it for me. You know, it's, I'm not really super attached to a baby until he or she is ours. And Hillary, I feel like as soon as she gets word that it's, you know, we're, we're placed or a baby is going to be placed, then she's attached without even seeing the baby. And so watching her go through that devastation a couple of times, I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm completely content with Lakeland. Let's not do this anymore. And so she comes up to me one night and she's like, all right, um, you're going to sign this paperwork. I'm sending it to this, you know, lawyer that she had found that was, uh, placing babies. And I was like, absolutely not, not watching you do this. She's like, you're going to do this or I'm going to, you know, you know? And so I'm like, yes, ma'am, <laughs> this is the last one I signed. This is it. And so she overnights this paperwork, uh, to Al to Alabama, to Florida. And then, uh, the next day we hear that we're one of, uh, 20 families, uh, for, for trice. Um, I'll go ahead and spoil that. And, uh, that afternoon we hear we're one of five and that we would find out, uh, probably in the morning who was, who was going to be picked. Well, then at 10 o'clock at night, we get a call and the lawyer says, how soon can you get to, to Florida? We're like, well, we'll be there in the morning. And so that was 2017, right before regionals, uh, literally a month before regionals that we drove to Florida. Uh, Trice was in the NICU cause he was super small. Uh, Hillary stayed down there for two weeks with Trice while I came home, kind of continued training, uh, kind of got Lakeland back to normal. And then she came home with Trice. And so Trice is actually Richard the third, um, but we call him Trice. And then uh, Violet was 2018 during the open. So there's kind of a theme here. You got the games 
with Lakeland. <laughs> you got the, the regionals, which we don't have regionals anymore with Trice. And then you have Open. And so Lakeland or Violet, uh, Hillary stays in contact with uh, Lakeland's birth mom. And she got a call one day and said, uh, got a text. I think it was a text and said, uh, hey, I had another baby and can't keep her. Would you guys take her? And we were like, heck, yeah, uh, we will. And heck, so we yeah. flew, to, flew to Florida. And, you know, the kind of the funny thing is, is like, yeah, of course, Hillary's like, and Trice was 10 months old at the time. And she's like, can we do this? And I was like, we have to. And then a couple of days later, I'm like, can we do this? And she's like, we have to. And so <laughs> uh, um, I couldn't imagine life without Violet. But uh, Violet, having two 10 months apart is uh, is work. It's it's awesome. Uh, but they're super close and they're so much fun. But it is work. And the Violet was super. Our first two babies were easy babies, slept great, ate great. Violet for the first probably three or four months of her life. I think she cried for 16 hours a day. Oh man. Uh, but it's, it's crazy. Now she's probably our easiest one. And then the other two are, are, uh, Lakeland's got, uh, she's full of sass. Um, I was going to say she's a ball she's, of energy. She's a ball of energy and she's, she's 16 in a five-year-old body <laughs> and she is just like Hillary. So she's, she's full of sass, but then Trice is just a disaster. And then you have quiet Violet, but we call her the silent assassin though. Cause you'll just kind of, <laughs> You won't be, you won't see her. And she has this real sweet, loving voice, but then she'll, she'll lay into you. If you don't, if you don't answer her in the first, like two or three, like she's like, dad, dad. And then all of a sudden it's the highest pitch scream you've ever heard. Dad. Oh, man. And so she's oh, man. Awesome. So number one job is dad. And number two job is being a CrossFit athlete. That's right. That's right. Yep. So the last couple of years has been. Uh, but it's just great, you know, like they get to, you know, they come out to the barn if they want to and, and hang out with us and train with us or do whatever they want to do, run around, be crazy, or they can come to the gym. You know, a lot of that we've been doing um, these Zoom workouts and stuff like that during quarantine or these quarantine workouts at the gym. And uh, they've, you know, they've been with us every day and it's been so much fun having them around. And, uh, you know, they, the things that they pick up on that you don't even realize is is scary you know like Hmm. um you know i've never once told any of them to work out but you know yesterday i'm down in the basement sunday's kind of our easier day and i'll go down and run or ride a bike or something you know just kind of cardio low low uh intensity and uh just watching you know trice put on a hips hip halo or hip circle and trying to do hip stuff or he'll start doing some burpees or it's just it's just cool to see those things that you don't it's also very scary (laughs) because <laughs> then you're like man what else are they picking on picking up on that i do that you know i don't want them to pick up on so got to make sure they're not lifting anything too heavy right off yeah the that's right not i mean they'll like Lynn, she's got this little like kids bar that is i think five pounds and she'll load it up and do some clean and jerk yesterday or a couple of days ago she's uh, she'd never done it before. She just throws it on her uh, shoulders and starts front squatting, doing thrusters. I was like, what the heck? How did you like in perfect form? Elbows up, you know, per- knees out on the squat, butt touching the ground. You're just like, holy crap. So it's, oh, it's awesome, it. but it's, it's very, it's scary. What do you want your kids to learn from you when it comes to uh, the work ethic that you put into this sport over the past 10 plus years? Yeah, I think it's just, you know, hard work and that uh, I was willing, I guess, to put in the work. I don't, I don't necessarily, you know, I don't want them. They don't have to do CrossFit. They don't have to compete. They don't have to do anything like that, but I do want them to do something physically active. I do want them to do, you know, play some type of sport or, you know, do something that they have to, I've I've learned so much through competing, 
uh, either on a team or by myself. You know, I grew up in team sports. And so the the four or five years that I competed as an individual, I learned a ton as well. Um, but man, I'd rather be on a team any day. I definitely learned that in, in the four years that I competed a, as an individual. Uh, there's just something you can't replace about, you know, being on a team or you you learn so much being on a team and working with people in those ways. I hope um, I hope they have that same kind of want or, or drive. Um, but yeah, definitely. I just want them to to be into some type of uh, physical you know activity, I guess. And inversely, I mean, you talked about that really great feeling you get when the workout is done, but how much it sucks when you're going through it. When you mm-hmm. think about the lessons that you've learned doing CrossFit, what what has this journey really taught you? Yeah, I think um, you, the only time you really grow is in adversity. You know, when you're when you're comfortable, when you're um, everything's going good or everything is easy, you don't really grow. Um, and that's physically, that's that's mentally, it's spiritually. Um, that, you know, you kind of, you, you need some type of adversity in your life. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, you're always looking for a problem per se, but with CrossFit, you know, there's some adversity in workouts, you know, there's always something that you need to work on. There's always something that, yeah, there's always something you need to work on. There's always something that if you get better at something, something else is going to, um, may slide by the wayside. So, uh, that's kind of the beauty of, of what we do. And, and I think what makes it so much fun. And that's just something we've, you know, I've got a lot of projects going on, but something with, uh, you know, our Froning Farms thing with the bison is into the storm. It's kind of a, it started out as kind of just a cool thing, but really it's kind of a mentality of, uh, for us, you know, with bison, they out West, when there's a storm coming, they run at the storm instead of running away from a storm where, you know, the storm's always going to catch you. And so, you know, if you're running with it, it's going to stay over you longer. But if you run through it, you're going to go through it faster. And so, um, you know, there's some adversity in it and it might be nasty, but um, if, you, if you turn and face it most of the time, you're going to get through it faster than if you were to to kind of let it catch up with you. And you talked about the sponsorships as a young athlete. Those have taken an entire different shape uh, now that you've had the opportunity to to grow different relationships and build different partnerships. And I mean, at this point, you're even at the stage where you're making your own sneakers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've done, Reebok's been a cool partner. Rogue has always been a great partner. Advocare, those are kind of my longer ones that I've worked with. It's just been cool to kind of grow with them in the space, to be honest, you know, with, with like you said, with Reebok and having a shoe and working with Tal over the last couple of years on making that shoe right and doing some cool things, uh, you know, some things I never thought, uh, I would, I would ever do, but you know, it just, for me with, uh, partnerships, it just, they have to make sense. They have to fit. I can't, I I try to make everything as authentic to who I am as possible. I don't want to like, I'm not going to push something on somebody that I don't actually use or actually don't believe in. Um, and so for me, that's, those are the things, you know, like if, if Reebok makes a shoe, I want a shoe that I can actually believe in. And it's, what's really cool about what they've done over the years is they've taken our input as athletes and put it into the shoe and and made a really cool, um, you know, the nano X just came out and it's, it's my favorite nano by far, um, so far. And so every year it just gets better. You know, we've had a couple, um, hiccups in some of the stuff that we always joke about with Tal. Um, but it, it always comes back on a, on a better and higher note. It's kind of crazy to think about that. You have 
like you, you in this sport, you're, you're so you're held with such esteem that you have an opportunity to help create something that literally is delivered to millions of consumers. But that's something that, you know, we've wanted over the years is that I don't want to push something that I don't believe in. So they've done a good job over the years of getting it to us ahead of time or taking our input from previous shoes and doing things like that. So it's really cool because, I mean, with CrossFit, there's such high demand uh, on a shoe. You know, like there's so many. I don't want to have to wear four or five different pairs of shoes. I do have two pairs of shoes. I wear a running shoe and a, an actual just CrossFit shoe. And so, uh, you know, there's so many different demands that are put on the thing that you have to. It has to be a good shoe. It has to be um, something that you feel comfortable in and something that you can use. I love what you said before about uh, walking out into the tennis stadium and you're like, I'm just here showing up for work. If you had uh, to think about, aside from being a firefighter out of the equation, <laughs> if you had to think about something else you could do where you just show up for work and it felt that good, what would it be? Man, I, I competitive, the competitiveness, the competitiveness in me. Um, I still, you know, I do miss baseball. I do miss um, other sports. You know, I, I play. Uh, some recreational sports still we play in a flag football league yeah so I mean if it if, if if it was my dream you know I'd definitely be a baseball or football or something like that I can't even imagine showing up to like a flag football game and I walk on the field and it's like Rich Froning and his friends there to kick uh, my we, ass we have a good time we uh you know it's a group of guys that I played college uh played intramural college uh flag football with we went to some like state regional and then the national tournament a couple times and so uh, we have we have a good time, but it's just a bunch of like we look maybe not look the most athletic. Some of the guys, uh, they a lot of them don't do CrossFit, uh, but that's what's kind of fun about it is they don't you know, they're just kind of unassuming guys. But we've played together a long time. And so uh, we, we're not we're not terrible. Not terrible. You also mentioned before, uh, you know, you shared your disappointment with that first year coming in second and then coming in first time after time after time. And I think there's two mindsets to uh, how to approach those kind of situations. You either don't imagine what it could be like if you don't come in first or you do think about like how you would handle that potential disappointment. What side of the fence do you you fall on? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't you can't definitely, I wouldn't change anything. If that makes sense. I wouldn't, you know, obviously I wish I would have won the first year. Um, but losing, I think set me up for the next, however many years we are at now, nine, nine years we're at after that. Uh, you know, there is a one second place on a team that we don't really talk about much. Um, but <laughs> yeah, you can't, you can't look at, definitely don't want to look at it as, you know, what if I get second, you just got to kind of go at it. Like I'm going to win and I'm going to give it all I've got. And we're here, we're here to, like I said, it's, it's we're here to work and we're here. We put in the work and we're going to do the best that we can. Um, but you know, the whole mentality, I, I would be lying if I said I would be okay. If I knew we put in, we went, we worked as hard as we could and got second. I still wouldn't be okay with it. Um, I don't know. It's just not my mentality. Like I, I hate losing no matter what it is. It doesn't, you know, like I'm, I do enjoy winning, but I hate losing more. <laughs> how, how long do you think you're going to be doing this, Rich? I don't know. You know, like I still enjoy it. I still feel like, um, I'm, I'm adding something to the team and I'm not holding people back. Um, as soon as I start to feel like I'm holding people back or, um, not a valuable asset to the team. That's when I'll step, or if I'm, you know, feel like I'm injured all the time, 
you know, with, with any professional sport, you know, injuries are part of it and, you know, managing those injuries and just being smart and older, I get, you know, recovery and stuff like that as, as needs to take a a precedent, but, um, I feel good right now. And so I want to keep competing as long as I feel like, or other people feel like I'm still adding and not taking away. What are you doing on the regular in terms of recovery? Oh man. Uh, I try to sleep as much as I can. It's very tough, especially, um, with small ones, nutrition is a big piece of it. Uh, work with RP strength. So I make sure that I eat enough. Um, been doing intermittent fasting for the last couple of years. I really like it. Keeps inflammation down. I feel like, you know, I do take some Advocare supplements, mainly protein and some like healthy greens and reds. I try to, um, you know, every once in a while, I, I go to a DO on a regular DO and chiropractor just to try to stay ahead of injuries instead of let stuff ball up and to where it takes over. Um, so there's that. And then, uh, I use a Theragun. I don't really like to roll out as much. Um, and then we got introduced to Theragun this year at the the classic and they actually don't pay us right now anyway. So, but I really actually <laughs> like the Theragun I'm trying to think if there's anything else crazy that I do. Acupuncture through the DO, uh, just helps move some inflammation uh, has been good, but yeah, those are the main things. Sleep is if I notice if I don't sleep, um, I get just kind of one, I'm not pleasant to be around. And then two, I feel like injuries kind of pile up when I don't sleep. What kind of amount of sleep are we talking here? I've got to get eight hours. If I don't get eight hours, and it's kind of tough this time of year, um, like I said, with the kids, and then it is turkey hunting season. So I try to get up a little earlier. And so I've gone a couple of <laughs> times. Uh, that's one of my one of my go-tos in the, the spring. And I haven't been able to do the last couple of years because the kids have been so small. And this, this year, I'm, I'm back at it and I love it. <laughs> I love that turkey hunting season. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Best piece of advice that you have been offered in your career so far as a CrossFit athlete. Oh man, there's too many to list. My go-to to CrossFitters in general is to have fun. Everybody wants to make working out and make fitness like this added stress. Like I got to get better. I got to do this. And it's like, just have fun. That's what you know, it's supposed to be a stress relief, not an added stress. And so many people get so caught up in all these different things. And I want people to have fun and, and to enjoy working out, not make it something that you dread. When people come to your social media page, I think you have like 1.4 million Instagram followers, if I'm quoting that right now. Uh, people come to your social media page. I mean, they see this guy that's super fit. They see a loving dad. They see someone who has certainly made a name for himself as arguably one of the best athletes, I would say, of all all time. When you look in the mirror, you're welcome. What is it that you see looking back at you? See an old man. No, (laughs) I'm just, just a normal person. You know, I, what's crazy to me about the whole thing is, um, you know, I just work out. I, uh, you know, it's, I do something, there's people that are better than me at a lot of things. Um, and you know, there's people that are probably the best in the world at, you know, whatever it is, computer programming or whatever, but I just happened to found something that people enjoyed watching and hit it kind of at the right time, I guess. And so I just work out and, uh, you know, I'm pretty similar to probably most people out there watching who like to work out and, and, you know, are competitive. I just, like I said, I found something that, um, that it was the right place, right time, uh, kind of the perfect storm of everything. So that's, I guess what I see in the mirror. Aside from turkey hunting, what excites you right now? Right now, we uh, we just, the last couple months, have started a bison farm. Um, and I'm pretty passionate about that right now. They're 
you know, at first it was like kind of this deal where we were going to get some cattle and it was, uh, mainly for the kids to have some type of chore. And, you know, my, my best friend growing up, my neighbor as well, we, you know, he's got a little girl and we were like, let's, you know, let's just, he has a cattle background. So like, let's, let's do that. And then we, we looked into bison and they're just so awesome. And then researching them more and more and so how resilient they are. And, you know, basically we're killed down from, you know, 30 or 40 million into the less than a thousand and then have kind of made this resurgence and just how cool and majestic. And I don't know, that's right now I've, I'm geeked out on, I've read a bunch of books on Buffalo or bison, whichever term you want to use, but uh, they're just a really cool animal. So right now that besides my kids and turkey hunting season and the games, that's my, well, if there is a games this year with the uh, coronavirus, that's kind of where we're at right now on the farm. You think it's going to happen? <laughs> I I don't know. I, uh, it's supposed to be back at the ranch. You know, it's, it's going to be tough. Uh, I mean, with all the travel bans, especially for, you know, international, like if, mm. if we don't, if you don't have international athletes there, then you can't call it the fittest on earth. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's just, um, it's tough. You know, it's a tough situation. Like you want it to be there cause you want people to have something to look forward to, but you also want to be safe. You want to be smart. And, um, you know, with all the things going on, it's like, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it. I don't know. It's, I'm glad I don't have to make that decision. I just <laughs> wish that decision would be made, uh, pretty soon. You know, it's like, it's first world problems really. Um, I, but, know. I mean, I just don't know what we're training for. Am I training for the games in 2020 or am I training for 2021? So right now you have an opportunity to offer yourself a piece of advice. Maybe it's, Right before your cousin moved down, you guys are going through some hard family stuff or perhaps uh, in your build up to that final year of the games when you and your wife are going through some of those fertility struggles right before that adoption, you uh, you have an opportunity to offer yourself one good piece of advice looking back on those hurdle moments now. What do you tell yourself? You're going to be all right. You'd, you'd hate to go back. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say there's things that I don't regret doing. Um, but there's nothing that I would change if that makes sense, because I wouldn't be where I'm at now and, uh, pretty in a pretty awesome place right now. So yeah, you're going to be all right. Going to be all right. Rich, thanks so much for your time. Thank you very much. Please take a moment and leave a quick review of the podcast by clicking the link with the description to this episode. We all face multiple hurdles in life. I want to hear about yours. Reach out to me at emily at hurdle.us. Connect with the podcast on Instagram and Twitter at hurdle podcast. Rich, where do they find you? How do they keep up with CrossFit Mayhem? Give me the details. At Rich Froning on Instagram, um, at Mayhem Athlete, at The CrossFit Mayhem, uh, at Froning Farms. Those are all your Instagram stuff. And then uh, just CrossFit Mayhem. On the YouTubes, we have a lot. We've, we've been putting out a lot of content in the last three or four weeks. So um, subscribe to that if you want to check out any of the, the videos or anything like that. I love it. I am at Emily Abadi at Hurdle Podcast. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time. Mm-hmm.